Old Testament survey, the book of Numbers, chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, the zeal of Phineas, verses 11 and 12 of Numbers, chapter 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I read verse 10, Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, have turned my wrath away from the children of Israel, while he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Who does Phineas pictures? Who does he picture in the Bible? This would be our field. This evening, we are, we are getting accustomed to these Old Testament books. Um, but let us not forget that they have a moral and a practical application as well. We only, and we must not only look for pictures of Christ, but we must also consider the life of a believer. And that is more important with Phineas. It seemed as though the children of Israel never grew tired of the Lord's judgments. And the book of Numbers records one plague after another, and yet Israel never seemed to learn. Yesterday we read from Psalm 116, and we discussed this a lot. It reminds us of the words of the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Christ. In Isaiah 1, verse 5, Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. That's the nature of unconverted man. God's judgments never change the course of man's direction. Never. History tells us so. Hurricanes, earthquake, pandemic reduce people. Their behavior never change. Gay pride is still marching. These people are still going on. Judgment never alters the unconverted heart. Even in our day, nothing seems to stop those in the church who are disobeying God. In this chapter, Israel committed whoredoms with the Moabites or the Moabites and the Midianites. It was not only sexual immorality, it was worship. They were worshiping, and the two go together, sexual immorality and worship. Some people worship, and they like churches where they can live in their sexual immoral, immorality behavior, and pastors and preachers and everybody jump up and have a good time. The moment these issues are addressed, the church thin out. <laughs> 
And here there is nothing new. Phineas, the priestly son of Eliezer, arose and took down the man who had committed whoredoms with the Midianite woman. They were in fellowship. They were in union. His actions satisfied the wrath of God. What can I learn from this account that is profitable for us this evening? Now notice with me first the station where the act was committed. The station. Verse 1 tells us, And Israel abode at Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredoms with the daughters of Moab. Now you know that Shittim was also a launching pad, the assembling of God's people, an important place. It was here where Joshua sent out the spies, wasn't it? Now when the enemy cannot get the Lord's people one way, he will try another way. And here he gets them to worship inordinately. And that's why we say the peace and tranquility that we enjoy in this church is not going to last a long time. You may remember what took place a few chapters earlier with Moab. And I don't have to go back there. In Numbers 22, 23, and 24, the king of Moab sought to coerce the false prophet Balaam. That's different between the two words, coerce. The king tried to coerce the false prophet Balaam to curse God's people. But God would not allow it. God turned the curse into a blessing. Um, and Balaam would have cursed them, you know. He was paid. But God is sovereign and he controlled him. And sometimes God stops us from being as potentially wicked as we can be. We can't take any credit for that. Here in Numbers 25, the enemy comes with another tactic, worship. Immorality. Numbers 21, 1 through 3. Numbers 22. Uh, Brother Curtis, I think that's why I had Numbers 22, because I was studying Numbers 22. And my wife chided me, why are you always making mistakes on the bulletin? Well, I'm sorry and I apologize. Well, you don't know the head of the man. I was studying Numbers 22, so I put down Numbers 20. But in Numbers 22, 1 through 3, we read these words. Numbers 22, 1 through 3. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people. Because there were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. This fear of Moab and the Midianites 
because they were in cahoots with each other, led them to call Balaam to curse God's people. If the enemy can't get you one way, rest assured, he will try another way. The Moabites and the Midianites, as I said, were in cahoots with each other. They had the same agenda to destroy Israel. The Moabites were the cursed descendants of Lot from an insensual relationship with one of his daughters, but you couldn't get the behavior out of Israel. I had a a very sinful past in my life growing up as a young man. I want to tell you that, and I regret it, because sometimes it comes back to haunt me. One of the struggles a man got is his past sins, but it keeps him on his knees. And some of you probably bear witness with me, but you're too embarrassed to say. In Genesis chapter 19, the firstborn bear a son to Lot, his daughter, and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. An incensuous relationship Later, God would say in Deuteronomy to the children of Israel, an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their 10th generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever because they met you not with bread and with water in the way. They had no gospel. When you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against you, Balaam, the son of Beor, of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Yeah, God forgives, but he doesn't always forget. And he warns us to stay clear. Moab was not to come into the congregation, but here they found themselves at the camp of Israel. The world will confess they're Christians and they'll find themselves in here. And some of our sons and our daughters would marry them. And you see this playing out in our church. When you warn people, you think you want to give them a hard way to go. Here at Shittim, the Lord's found people, sorry, found a way to join themselves with Moab. Let me make a brief application here quickly before I go any further, brethren. Uh, inasmuch as we may try to keep our church pure, unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman, watches in vain. Unless the Lord 
builds the city. The workmen work in vain. And you can put these things together. Who's the workman? And you know who the workman is? It's the minister, the pastor. Study to, <laughs> study to show yourself approved under God. A workman that need not to be ashamed. That's the job of the pastor. But unless the Lord builds the city, the workman work is in vain. Moreover, inasmuch as we try to keep our children safe, pure, free from evil by homeschooling them and micromanaging them, they will find a way to commit orders. It is the heart. It is a heart issue that we all have until Jesus enters our hearts. And the way you be the reason you behave the way you do is because you are lost and undone. And it's a serious, serious place to be. And that's why the church is important. This afternoon I ask our deacons, do you want a pastor who would preach from the pulpit and never interact with people in the pew about their behavior? Tell me the truth. Tell me, do you want a pastor like that? Well, they said no. But sometimes I wonder about that. I talk very hard but I talk very plain, Brother Press. I, I remember one time our brother Frank stand up here and says, I love Pastor Tate. He speaks plain language. I don't forget those statements because me and him interact with doctrine. What I like and what I don't like. That's what he was talking about. I am not going to let nobody come in here and dig down what I sought to build up. But if you want a pastor who can preach and would preach, but don't interact with people, you got the wrong guy. Israel was stationed at Shittim, the hub of fellowship. But they found a way to commit whoredoms with the Midianites, and the Moabites. And the same is true in the church. People would find a way to practice their deeds in our church. Who you join yourself with, you will soon worship with. You begin to worship like them, and you begin to worship with them, and you begin to intermarry them. When we join ourselves with the world, we will worship like the world and with the world. Verse 2 and 3, And they call the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat. Song familiar, right? Song like Exodus again. And bow down to their gods. 
and Israel joined himself unto Baal pure. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. God is not pleased. When we worship anywhere, when we come in here and we do anything and everybody put their hands to the elements, God is not pleased with that. No, our second point, the wages of sin, verse 4. The wages of sin. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. No. There was to hang the heads of the people. Apparently these people were decapitated. And the heads were to be hung up to the sun. Now the sun spiritually can refer to God's wrath. Remember the Psalms, the psalmist says the sun shouldn't smite us by day, the moon by night. Um, the, sun, the sun that smites us. Is the, is the Lord himself, who is the son of righteousness. The heads of those who committed whoredoms and worshipped Baal were decapitated. And this is to show that the wages of sin is death. And it is the only means whereby God is satisfied with death, blood. In Exodus 32, in the wilderness, Many saw the same fate who committed idolatry when Israel induced Aaron to make a golden calf just at the border of Sinai. The law was just given. And even though Aaron pleaded with Moses, the wages of sin took precedence. Exodus 32 verse 27 says, he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword, every man his sword by his side, and this was God's own people, the Levites, and go in and out from the gate, from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. God used the same people, the Levites, to execute judgment on their own brethren. Back then, 3,000 died in that plague. Today, God do not act swiftly like he did in those days, and, and we are very thankful for this. But he is no less just in executing judgment. I don't think many people in the church understand this attribute of God. Remember the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 in verses 12 and 13. He says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious 
and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. This is a gospel promise. God doesn't react to sin so swiftly because he wants us to repent. So you can trifle with the gospel. You can trifle with church. But remember, there's a promise. The wages of sin is death. Look with me at Numbers 25, verse 5. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined to Baal pure. Slay, kill, he says, every one his men that were joined to Baal pure. So this is the account, brethren, the station where this act of whoredoms was committed. It was a worship service, but it was also immorality. Shittim, the camp of God's people. And inasmuch as men try, as I say, to keep the church pure, people will be people. Second, the wages of sin. Third, our main subject, the zeal of Phineas, most of the chapter, 6 through 13. Can't cover these verses, but we'll highlight. Verse 6, And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Here this man with courage identified one of the culprits. And it is always good. You know they had a saying, if you see something, say something. I hope you understand. If you see something, say something. Many times we see something, but we say nothing. Here we see the flagrant nature of man's sin. One of the children of Israel flirted with one of these Midianite women openly. This is what he was really doing. Flagrant. There was a situation in the church at Corinth when one, a church member, was flagrantly committing an immoral act and the leaders in the congregation were silent. Paul, the apostle, was very agitated. At times we feel, I ain't gonna say nothing because I don't wanna ruffle the feathers. And plus, if I say something, this person may stop talking to me. <clears throat> so we let sin ride as long as it can. Don't tell the pastor anything, because you know how it is with him. Paul wrote, telling them to address their sin. And I pray 
that our church would be a little more sensitive and see what's going on in their midst. I pray we will be more sensitive. We're not going to be policemen, but we should care for the purity of our church. In the context of our study, one man stood up, verse 7 and 8, and when Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. You know what's a javelin? It's something like a spear. Remember Saul threw a javelin at David? Quite. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. The plague stopped. Phineas was a priest. And by the way, all believers are priests. Phineas saved the day. For the camp of Israel. Do we find this zeal today in the church? Do we find this kind of zeal? I'm saying that nobody take up a spear and kill somebody. No, no, no. By the way, it's a picture of the word of God. The two-edged sword that we use, we address people with. God didn't call us to violence. We're reminded of the word of the psalmist, that messianic psalm 69, verse 9. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach you have fallen upon me. When people hurt the Savior and spit in his face, it affects the man of God. Verse 9 gives the casualty count. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. Now quickly, the Apostle Paul spoke directly about this act when he was warning the church today, but he didn't give the total amount. If you turn quickly to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 9, you'll see. Turn with me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 9, we read, Nor let us commit sexual immorality. King James, I think, said fornication, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Here Paul spoke of those who died in one day, 23,000. But numbers give the total amount over a period of the plague. That's why there were 24 in numbers. So if people are looking for discrepancies in the scriptures, there are none. We must take the entire Bible into consideration. And people can build false doctrines very quickly. The Lord took note of Phineas. His name means serpent's mouth. Some, I think, the Hebrew concept give another name that means oracle. 
oracle has to do with the word of God. But the wicked is slain with the word of God. Since this is our main subject, I will conclude it with three subheadings. One, Phineas abated the wrath of God, verses 10 and 11. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, have turned my wrath away from the children of Israel. While he was zealous for my sake among them, that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Now, how concerned are you men in the church about the purity of our worship? We have a visitor here from Bexon. We pray for you guys very frequently. You help you hold an office in the diaconate there. How concerned are you about the purity of worship in your church? Nobody escaped the applications at City View. That is what I mean by immediate application. How are we concerned about the purity of worship here? The paper bags coming in from the supermarket the bottles and the like. Tell people to go upstairs with the food. Don't, don't try through by the afternoon's class with it. I think they like that so much. It is still the house of worship. Are we upkeeping these things? Phineas is a dramatic picture of the Lord Jesus who had a zeal for the Lord's house. Once he went in and he saw the money changers taking the money that they got from selling lambs and turtle doves and were exchanging it into US dollars. South African rands wouldn't do the trick. So they wanted, they were exchanging the money right in the temple. I remember a time we had here when people used to come here Passing money, su su money. I said, no, you don't do that here. I hope that it stop. There's a place to carry that money at the bank. Don't bring no su su money in this church. No money exchange. It's a dramatic picture of the Lord Jesus, who turned away the wrath of God from the children of Israel. Brethren, it depends on who you call Israel. Paul says, and so all Israel shall be saved. That is writ as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Jacob, of course, refers to the remnant in Israel. Israel is always referred to as the elect church, the two entities, Romans eleven twenty six. By now you ought to know which Israel God has turned away his wrath from. 
for he is not a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that not of the flesh, it is of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man, but of God. Romans 2.29 Phineas abated the wrath of God, the anger. Who? Phineas inherited God's covenant. Verses 12 and 13. Wherefore say, Behold, I give unto him my covenant of peace, and he shall have it, and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. He not only inherit, inherited the covenant of peace, his descendants were given an eternal priesthood. Who are these? Who are these? Well, we can consider Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. You hear me quote this all the time. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood, and have made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Well, 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 what a lesson. It seems as though it has no end in the word of God for us, brethren. God always show us his truths from his word. But finally, Phineas brought atonement. Part C, verse 13. Because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement, we heard about this earlier, for the children of Israel. Now, this was a one-time atonement. But we that have become saved by the blood of Christ through the work of our Savior, the Lord has made a full atonement for our sins. He has paid for our sins. And you and I should be very thankful and you and I should be very grateful to him. And we should worship him. We read in that beautiful chapter on justification in Romans 5, 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Phineas was obedient, but Christ was the perfect one. Verse 14 and 15 give the names of those who caused this grief. Verse 14 and 15, as we conclude, the name of the Israelite that was slain, even that was slain with the Midianitish woman, was Zimri, the son of Salu, a prince of a chief house among the Simeonites. Now notice it is always the big wigs in the church that bring about the church's demise. 
the big wigs. And the name of the Midianitish woman that was slain was Cosby. Not Bill Cosby. Cosby the Z. The daughter of Zer. He was head over a people and of the chief house in Midian. He probably was a political figure. Now Psalm 106. Psalm 106, brother, or 116? That we read yesterday, Curtis. 16, right? Okay. Verses 21 through 31. Let's look at this quickly. Psalm 106, verse 21. I don't trust my memory. That's why I asked you. Verses 21 through 31. Psalm 106, verses 21 through 31. Come there with me. Let's read. Let's look at it together. Someone. This is a commentary on the wilderness sojourn, 21 through 31. And I read, they forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would not destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yet they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. to overthrow their seed also among the nations and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal pure and ate the sacrifices of the dead. I told you it was a worship service. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague break in upon them. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment and so the plague was stayed, and that was counted, imputed unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. A picture of Jesus. May we be mindful of these things, these pictures, brethren. No one want to make a difference today in the church. No one. But some can make a difference. You can be that person. Unfaithfulness and evil is all around us. People in the church may be doing their own thing, but it only take one to make a difference as Phineas. How far would reformation go in our church when a man is taken away? It only takes one man to make a difference. Phineas was zealous for the Lord. Paul said, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute of you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath as great zeal for you and them 
that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Today you may be listening this evening. You can make a difference. You don't even show up to pray. And when you do, you don't even get up and pray. We can make a difference today, by the way. Today, not many want to make a difference in the church. We all seek to be copycats of others who are not standing for Christ. Let's make a difference because it says here that this man's act was imputed for righteousness. God can use the simple Phineas, the priest, the big guy, he's a descendant of Eliezer. We are descendants of Christ. Let's make a difference. Let's pray. We look, we look at a man, an example, but Lord, we look to Christ, the perfect example who made a difference. And we pray, O oh Lord, this week as we go, that we would make a difference, that we would dare to be a Daniel. We may have to stand alone in our home or at the workplace or even in our church, but by your grace and by your help, help us to make a difference. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.